begin, one may ask themselves, what was the Iran-Contra affair? Who were the perpetrators? What was the public reaction? And how long did it last? To begin this segment, the Iran-Contra affair happened during 1985 when Iran asked the United States government for weapons to which the government here in the United States agreed in order to aid relations between the U.S. government and the Middle East, free seven hostages, as well as earn money for the United States government. You see, the United States was supporting the Contras, rebels fighting against Nicaragua socialist Sandista government. They were left-wing influences and deemed a threat in 1984. The main scandal wasn't the people of the United States finding out about the dealings, but that most of the money that was supposed to be in the government pockets wasn't there. It was discovered that Lieutenant Colonial Oliver North on the National Security Council used the funds to aid the Contras without the knowledge of Reagan. The whole reason why it happened was that Reagan had let his administration run free, which left an opening for this action to take place. In order to give some background, a lieutenant colonial is a high-ranking officer in the military, two ranks below a general that commands 300 to 1,000 men, as well as can conduct research for the president. In addition, the National Security Council is a council to aid the president on foreign policy and national security, and its meetings are usually attended by his cabinet, his assistant for national security, and other senior officials when they talk of something pertaining to their field. This was hypocritical, as Reagan swore that he would never cooperate with terrorists. This scandal must have not only involved the president, but other, maybe a more extensive amount of political staff within the executive branch, actively working against Congress. To further understand this scandal, we must ask ourselves, what made this a scandal? Was these actions frowned upon or explicitly illegal? Which branches were responsible? What were the connotations and why was it such a big deal within U.S. history? Well, the selling of arms to Iran was frowned upon, yet not illegal. But giving money to the Contras and funding them violated the second Boland Amendment, which forbade any type of aid to the Contras. The Boland Amendment was on the Intelligence Authorization Act for the fiscal year 1985, which prohibits any appropriations to be expended for the purpose of supporting, directly or indirectly, the military or paramilitary operations in Nicaragua by any nation, group, or individual, except under certain conditions and a joint resolution is passed. As this amendment was passed by Congress and violated by the executive government, the executive government, as a result, made this decision directly against Congress and should be seen as unconstitutional as the executive branch ignored the checks placed on them by Congress. Now we must ask ourselves, what was the aftermath? Who involved was punished and who was let go? On December 4, 1986, the United States Attorney General Edwin Meese III requested that an independent counsel be appointed to investigate the Iron Contra matters. Appointed judges Lawrence Walsh, a former judge and deputy attorney general in the Eisenhower administration to the Post, in summarizing his years-long investigation, he wrote, Of the 14 persons criminally charged during this investigation, 
Four were convicted of felony charges after trial by jury. Seven pleaded guilty either to felonies or misdemeanors, and one had his case dismissed because the administration refused to declassify information deemed necessary to the defendant by trial judge. Two cases that were awaiting trial were aborted by pardons granted by President Bush. As this report explained earlier, many persons who committed crimes were not charged. Some minor crimes were never investigated, and some were investigated were not solved. But independent counsel believes that, to the extent possible, the essential Iran-Contra crimes were vigorously prosecuted, and the significant acts of obstruction were fully charged to the full extent of the law. Furthermore, Walsh also brought charges against employees of the National Security Council staff, the Department of Defense, the Department of State, and the Central Intelligence Agency, as well as a number of private individuals. In 1992, President George H. W. Bush pardoned the Secretary of Defense Casper Weinberger at the same time as he pardoned five other figures within this controversy. However, Many of the convictions were reversed as Congress decided not to release classified information through the public, even if it was needed for a testimony and trial, even if the prosecutors had presented this evidence. Under the Classified Information Procedures Act, it can deem necessary to conduct a fair trial, but only if the Attorney General can overrule the decision. If the relevant information within these trials is not declassified, the case must be dismissed under American court of law. As for the aftermath of Reagan, he himself acknowledged that the selling of arms to Iran was deemed a mistake during his testimony before Congress. However, his legacies amongst his supporters remains intact, and the Iran-Contra affair has been regulated to an often overlooked chapter in modern U.S. history. As for what the Iran-Contra wished to accomplish, by the time the sales were discovered, more than 1,500 missiles had been shipped to Iran. Three hostages had been released, but they were only to be replaced with three more, in what the Secretary of State George Shultz called a hostage bazaar. Despite Reagan also going on national television and stating that he did not sell arms and trade them for hostages, only 14% of Americans believed the president in a poll. And even though constitutional laws had been disregarded and broken, Reagan's image suffered as a result, but his popularity rebounded. In 1989, he left office with the highest approval rating of any president since Franklin Roosevelt. Now, one must ask, why is it still important today? What and how has it affected the modern day, and what powers and ideals involved still exist in our modern society? It is still important today because the United States is still facing problems within the Middle East, and the general populations within the United States do not trust the federal government. Furthermore, the current president is being indicted and possibly impeached as a result of ignoring the checks and balances as listed within the Constitution, as well as pledging to help another socialist country just like Reagan did 30 years prior. Within this modern-day scandal, government officials that were involved include the President of the United States, a high-ranking lieutenant, and several other members of the CIA and NSA that lack to be named. In this manner, history is repeating itself, as Obama also traded weaponry to the Middle East in order to prevent international issues several years ago. And today in the modern day, Trump pledges to help another country against its socialist doctrine, Venezuela, during his presidency. Yet, we have to ask ourselves, 
What good did this Iron Contra affair cause within the United States? How did it affect our oil trade with the Middle East, specifically Iran? How did it improve our international relations with that country? Did the arms deal help improve and boost our government treasury? And how did the deal improve our national image? Well, not only did the Iran-Contra affair improve our international relationships with Iran and the rest of the Middle East, but it also upped our oil trade and boosted the U.S. Treasury. You see, the demand for oil had been steadily increasing ever since 1979 and had exponentially been growing up to the point of the Iran-Contra affair. Furthermore, the President of the United States had the authority to help advocate for the Contras in Nicaragua because the rebels were in a state of distress. Reagan had the governmental authority from Congress to sell nuclear arms to Iran. It was good for our nation because it also helped improve oil regulations and international relations. Furthermore, it showed the United States' stance against socialism between its neighbors. Money is made through war and the selling of arms. Economy is boosted. International relationships better, and this is a form of supporting treaties and peace, as we are willing to support foreign countries and policies and their war efforts to support their ideals. As a result, the United States embellished this idea completely. Although our country, the United States, has gone through a rough period of scandals, including this one, it continues to grow and flourish more than it has ever been able to in the past. The United States may have been viewed as a hypocritical nation by foreigners and its own people, but we will, as a nation, always continue to make mistakes and learn from them in order to better ourselves and the world around us. To begin, one may ask themselves, what was the Iran-Contra affair, who were the perpetrators, what was the public reaction, and how long did it last? To begin this segment, the Iran-Contra affair happened during 1985 when Iran asked the United States government for weapons to which the government, here in the United States, agreed in order to aid relations between the U.S. government and the Middle East, free seven hostages, as well as earn money for the United States government. You see, the United States was supporting the Contras, rebels fighting against Nicaragua socialist Sandista government. They were left-wing influences and deemed a threat in 1984. The main scandal wasn't the people of the United States finding out about the dealings, but that most of the money that was supposed to be in the government pockets wasn't there. It was discovered that Lieutenant Colonial Oliver North on the National Security Council used the funds to aid the Contras without the knowledge of Reagan. The whole reason why it happened was that Reagan had let his administration run free, which left an opening for this action to take place. In order to give some background, a Lieutenant Colonial is a high-ranking officer in the military, two ranks below a general that commands 300 to 1,000 men, as well as can conduct research for the President. In addition, the National Security Council is a council to aid the president on foreign policy and national security, and its meetings are usually attended by his cabinet, his assistant for national security, and other senior officials when they talk of something pertaining to their field. 
This was hypocritical, as Reagan swore that he would never cooperate with terrorists. This scandal must have not only involved the president, but other, maybe a more extensive amount of political staff within the executive branch, actively working against Congress. To further understand this scandal, we must ask ourselves, what made this a scandal? Was these actions frowned upon or explicitly illegal? Which branches were responsible? What were the connotations and why was it such a big deal within U.S. history? Well, the selling of arms to Iran was frowned upon, yet not illegal. But giving money to the Contras and funding them violated the second Boland Amendment, which forbade any type of aid to the Contras. The Boland Amendment was on the Intelligence Authorization Act for the fiscal year 1985, which prohibits any appropriations to be expended for the purpose of supporting, directly or indirectly, the military or paramilitary operations in Nicaragua by any nation, group, or individual, except under certain conditions and a joint resolution is passed. As this amendment was passed by Congress and violated by the executive government, the executive government, as a result, made this decision directly against Congress and should be seen as unconstitutional as the executive branch ignored the checks placed on them by Congress. Now we must ask ourselves, what was the aftermath? Who involved was punished and who was let go? On December 4, 1986, the United States Attorney General Edwin Meese III requested that an independent counsel be appointed to investigate the Iron Contra matters. Appointed judges Lawrence Walsh, a former judge and deputy attorney general in the Eisenhower administration to the Post, in summarizing his years-long investigation, he wrote, Of the 14 persons criminally charged during this investigation, Four were convicted of felony charges after trial by jury. Seven pleaded guilty either to felonies or misdemeanors, and one had his case dismissed because the administration refused to declassify information deemed necessary to the defendant by trial judge. Two cases that were awaiting trial were aborted by pardons granted by President Bush. At this report explained earlier, many persons who committed crimes were not charged. Some minor crimes were never investigated and some were investigated were not solved. But independent counsel believes that to the extent possible, the essential Iran-Contra crimes were vigorously prosecuted and the significant acts of obstruction were fully charged to the full extent of the law. Furthermore, Walsh also brought charges against employees of the National Security Council staff, the Department of Defense, the Department of State, and the Central Intelligence Agency, as well as a number of private individuals. In 1992, President George H.W. Bush pardoned the Secretary of Defense, Casper Weinberger, at the same time as he pardoned five other figures within this controversy. However, Many of the convictions were reversed as Congress decided not to release classified information through the public even if it was needed for a testimony and trial, even if the prosecutors had presented this evidence. Under the Classified Information Procedures Act, it can deem necessary to conduct a fair trial, but only if the Attorney General can overrule the decision. If the relevant information within these trials is not declassified, the case must be dismissed under American court of law. As for the aftermath of Reagan, he himself acknowledged that the selling of arms to Iran was deemed a mistake during his testimony before Congress. 
However, his legacies amongst his supporters remains intact, and the Iran-Contra affair has been regulated to an often overlooked chapter in modern U.S. history. As for what the Iran-Contra wished to accomplish, by the time the sales were discovered, more than 1,500 missiles had been shipped to Iran. Three hostages had been released, but they were only to be replaced with three more, in what the Secretary of State George Shultz called a hostage bazaar. Despite Reagan also going on national television and stating that he did not sell arms and trade them for hostages, only 14% of Americans believed the president in a poll. And even though constitutional laws had been disregarded and broken, Reagan's image suffered as a result, but his popularity rebounded. In 1989, he left office with the highest approval rating of any president since Franklin Roosevelt. Now, one must ask, why is it still important today? What and how has it affected the modern day and what powers and ideals involved still exist in our modern society? It is still important today because the United States is still facing problems within the Middle East and the general populations within the United States do not trust the federal government. Furthermore, the current president is being indicted and possibly impeached as a result of ignoring the checks and balances as listed within the Constitution, as well as pledging to help another socialist country just like Reagan did 30 years prior. Within this modern-day scandal, government officials that were involved include the President of the United States, a high-ranking lieutenant, and several other members of the CIA and NSA that lack to be named. In this manner, history is repeating itself, as Obama also traded weaponry to the Middle East in order to prevent international issues several years ago. And today in the modern day, Trump pledges to help another country against its socialist doctrine, Venezuela, during his presidency. Yet, we have to ask ourselves, what good did this Iron Contra affair cause within the United States? How did it affect our oil trade with the Middle East, specifically Iran? How did it improve our international relations with that country? Did the arms deal help improve and boost our government treasury? And how did the deal improve our national image? Well, not only did the Iran-Contra affair improve our international relationships with Iran and the rest of the Middle East, but it also upped our oil trade and boosted the U.S. Treasury. You see, the demand for oil had been steadily increasing ever since 1979 and had exponentially been growing up to the point of the Iran-Contra affair. Furthermore, the President of the United States had the authority to help advocate for the Contras in Nicaragua because the rebels were in a state of distress. Reagan had the governmental authority from Congress to sell nuclear arms to Iran. It was good for our nation because it also helped improve oil regulations and international relations. Furthermore, it showed the United States' stance against socialism between its neighbors. Money is made through war and the selling of arms. Economy is boosted. International relationships better, and this is a form of supporting treaties and peace, as we are willing to support foreign countries and policies and their war efforts to support their ideals. As a result, the United States embellished this idea completely. Although our country, the United States, has gone through a rough period of scandals, including this one, it continues to grow and flourish more than it has ever been able to in the past. The United States may have been viewed as a hypocritical nation by foreigners and its own people, but we will, as a nation, always continue to make mistakes and learn from them in order to better ourselves and the world around us.
Yeah. 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 Yeah.